What is going on, everyone? Rick Uccino here along with SP3. Dutch Mantel is in the background. He's getting his stuff set up right now. That's why we're a little late. We had some technical difficulties last week getting Dutch in. We want to make sure we got Dutch throughout the entirety of the show. We got three hours of professional wrestling to break down into one hour here tonight. Hopefully, we only go one hour. It's been a long day for my man, SP3, who's been on like 19 different shows today, including one here with Kenny Boland, which feels like you're doing like 19 shows <laughs> You're on the air with uh, with Kenny Boland. Do we got Dutch? Dutch, are you ready to rock and roll? I'm here. Can you hear me now? Yes, nope. we got you. We got great. you. Great, great, great. We, we are all set up. We are firing on all cylinders here tonight on Smack Talk. We appreciate everybody who has hopped in with us. Already up to 70 people so far tonight as we break down SmackDown, as we break down Rampage. Make sure to get your comments in. If you want to get your comments read on the air, you want to guarantee that you get your comments read on the air, you can send us those super chats. Get those coming in. Like Ozzy here who says, I need a new suit. Every week, Ozzy, you tell me I need a new suit. Come up with a new line. Uh, says I, also, I wouldn't mind a hat like happy Corbin has to be completely honest with you. And Ozzy, we, we got the best quarterback in the league in Joe Burrow. We're fine. All right. He, I can't wait. He even, he even mentioned your Bengals on my stream earlier today with Kenny Boland. He sent the super <laughs> chat and was talking about Rick. I was like, Rick's not even here. Like, damn, and, you love him. They yeah. love you, Rick. They love I know you. they, they love him. They love my, my Cincinnati phantom. I'm rocking the UC hat. If the news came down today that they're going to be joining the big 12. So I'm really excited about that. Give me that power five money in my, you, my you mean the, the big, big 12 has lowered its standards. <laughs> To take, to take UC? Oh, no, sir. Luke Fickle has raised the uh, profile of UC to where now the Big 12 is yeah. begging for us to come in and replace Texas. That's what's going on. They say, well, screw Texas. Bring in Cincinnati, baby. Hey, I'm a huge college football fan, and, and UC has done well. They've done really good. They really – actually, they've done – they've really advanced the whole college football scene – in the last three or four years, because you're going to get, you got UC up there doing good. And uh, I mean, a lot of schools like Memphis was doing good and yeah. they, they were good. And coastal Carolina, Houston's doing well. UCF is doing well. And they're all going over to the, uh, to the big 12, but we ain't here. Uh, yes, yeah, Steven, Cincinnati does have uh, at least one good football team in UC. Hopefully we'll have two if the if the Bengals can get that done. But we're not here to talk about Cincinnati sports. I mean, I could for, for hours on end. Uh, we are here to talk about professional wrestling, SP3, uh, who has been on uh, earlier today talking with Kenny Boland doing the uh, all-out preview. Uh, that is coming up uh, this Sunday. Uh, by the way, we will have an all-out post-show with myself and Jose G and then our boy uh, Kev Kellum, who is lucky enough, the son of a bitch, uh, to be there live in Chicago He'll be joining us live from the scene uh, for that. But, uh, guys, let's start off here. Overall thoughts of the three hours. Dutch, since you can actually talk to us this week, what did you think about the uh, both shows tonight? Hey, I, I really like SmackDown. First hour kind of drug, but the second hour got very, very interesting. Especially, and didn't we predict this like six weeks ago, seven weeks ago? Brock Lesnar coming back, going get gets Reigns. Heyman playing the integral part of uh, the glue of holding that together. We predicted that, and that's what they're going to do. And I think that that Madison Square Garden will be the roof will come off that place because they have promoted this card. I don't know how, how much they promoted it uh, in shows past, but they promoted Madison Square Garden almost as much as the pay-per-view. And I yeah. expect Madison Square Garden to really, really be a good, uh, a good card. And I, I liked all the shows tonight. Uh, and I actually, even to the end, 
I halfway expected Brock just to walk out on stage. Yeah, they really did a good job of teasing that with uh, with Roman and Paul. Um, and this is something we'll get to. I love the interaction with Paul Heyman tonight and and Caleb Braxton backstage, and you know Brock's theme music being his his ringtone. Uh, SB three overall tonight. What did uh, what did you think of both shows? I thought SmackDown was good. Uh, started off a little bit rough in the first hour. I mean the the Heyman. Uh, Roman Brock Uso stuff was the of course as usual the best stuff on that show. Uh, I thought that we had two good to great matches on the card, but I felt like Rampage was one of the best episodes of the show so far. I know it's only been like four weeks, but that was probably the best hour because they didn't give us the best thing on the show in the beginning and then let the crowd die. They kind of spread it out and we had three fun matches and it was a great final build to all out. So overall, it was a fun three hours of wrestling tonight. Yeah, and I think Rampage was was better tonight. I think the crowd was more into it because it was it was live. It wasn't like yeah. the third hour uh, or like the fourth hour of taping like a long day of shows. It was its own uh, strict thing. It was live there in Chicago, and you knew the crowd was going to be uh, uh, hot for, uh, for, for CM Punk at the end of the night, and then we got that really cool stare down. I thought both main events were really, really good tonight. We'll we'll get to them. Let's start uh, at the beginning of the three hours and just work our way through here, guys. I thought uh, SmackDown uh, made a mistake tonight by opening up with the Usos and the Street Profits uh, for a, a ton of reasons. One, because these championship contenders matches can go straight to hell. I mean, just absolutely straight to hell with these championship contenders matches. Why? I mean, how big of an idiot does does Michael Cole sound saying, well, if the Street Profits beat the champions tonight, they might be in contention to face them again for the titles. And that's, that not, is, that's, that's not stupid. Cole. It's not a Michael Cole either. I'm not calling Michael Cole stupid. That's just bad writing and bad booking. Go ahead, Doug. Yes. Well, if they're already in the match, why are they in a contend? Why is it not a championship match? Or why is it not just to just see that if you actually, this is what you're doing, uh, Rick. You're actually thinking about this. Don't think about it because you will talk yourself out of it. I mean, you said, wait a minute, this is a first contenders match. But wait a minute, they're the champions. So if they win, wait a minute, this is, it's backwards. It yeah. really is backwards. I, you know, it was, I don't know. I don't even, I, I don't even have words for it. I was thinking about that. If you really stop to think about it, that don't even make sense. And it didn't. Because they had, good, they had a pretty good match, but. Yeah, either the Usos win, in which case it should have been a championship match. Wait a minute, or, why did they why did they DQ the thing? Nothing really happened, did it? Uh, I think it was the uh, it was the fact that Jimmy or Jay, whichever one was was pummeling the guys, didn't answer to the refs five count because he wasn't the legal guy. I think that's why they they called it out, which is actually really good officiating. It just it's kind of hard, especially if you were in the live crowd. It might be something to be uh, hard to to pick out. Well, but I, I was I was watching it and I didn't understand it, and the commentators didn't bring that out. So I don't I don't. I said, man, they did. They do all kind of other crazy stuff, and they never ring a bell. And tonight we had two DQs like that. They they do this a lot. They will do this a lot where they'll call a DQ for the dumbest little thing, but then somebody will get slammed through the announcer's table, and we're like, how is that not a DQ? So you're thinking you're thinking too much. Don't I just told you don't overthink this stuff. I, I just, tend to do that. Just go along to, with it. Just go and say, oh yeah, well that's good. Whatever. The Usos got DQ'd for whooping too much ass. 
That's what they got DQ'd for. They, 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 they took the profits to the Uso Penitentiary and they got DQ'd for it. Uh, we're going to derail uh, here real quick because uh, we're going to go live, maybe live to Chicago. Our boy Kev Kellum after Rampage tonight. Good, sir. How are we doing? Can you hear us? Are you are you hearing us? Are we doing well? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Are we good? We got a, we got a solid connection here? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We What's you. How was uh, – how was CM Punk uh, CM Punkville tonight in Chicago? CM Punkville was good, but I would say this was not this was night and day in comparison to the experience I had a few weeks ago at the United Center. Uh, we are tonight at the Now Arena, which is where All Out will run this Sunday. That is where Dynamite ran this past Wednesday. Uh, I, I spoke to staff in the building, and they told me the estimated attendance tonight for a ten thousand to eleven thousand capacity venue was around 6,000. The paper number was around 4,000. So you're talking about 2,000 tickets, maybe estimated, that weren't bought or were bought on the secondary market in the last few days. Uh, so this was a, a very, uh, very, very less volume in comparison to the United Center, where people were riding the wave of CM Punk coming back to AEW. I'm not saying that that wave is done, but I'm saying I think a lot of people are holding out for Sunday when this building is going to be sold out, when secondary tickets locally and both on the secondary market for All Out are much higher. Uh, this was still a CM Punk show, even though he wasn't wrestling on it. I do think in the long game, the smart money is you save that for the pay-per-view. Strong show. Daniel Garcia and Darby Allen did a great bit of business. Darby Allen in action just last night on the show I was working with AAW with Davey Richards. So quite the weekend for him. Strong match. Darby Allen gets the win. Love the post-match where, uh, you know, the goon squad of Everrise, Team 2.0, gets laid out by Darby Allen, diving through the ropes, and then immediately turns into a face-off with CM Punk to end. It was a strong, tightly, well-broadcasted show. But I'm going to say this, and I don't enjoy saying this. I've been to two Rampages now in a month. These are not shows that I think are fun for three hours. These are shows that are fun for about an hour. Well, I mean, that's all they are, right, though? Like for Yeah, all yeah. Rampages is an hour. Yeah, it, it's just. But, a, but I'm saying, is a live show. You want the live boots on the ground? It's underwhelming, and I don't. I don't take any happiness in saying that because I want it to be fun and exciting. Um, but you definitely get this sense of people are waiting around for something to happen that they paid to see or that is eventful or surprising. And they had uh, there are a couple of things they take before that out out yet. Max Caster, very controversial figure. Uh, suspended by AEW for some offensive comments he did during a promo that were definitely not within social norms. What Reappeared did he, with the, wait a minute. What did he say? Well, he came out and he cut a promo tonight, Dutch, and, and yeah. he wrapped himself to the ring. And a couple weeks ago, he said some things that I don't even think you could say in the Attitude Era when you could say all that testy stuff. Well, tonight he came out and did this joke about they gave me my rap tonight to read. And he's reading off a paper and his tag team partner, Anthony Bowens rips it up and they say, we're not going to do that. And he wraps up being less offensive, but somehow still finds a way to make fun of his, uh, his opponents peen. Uh, so there, there was that it was a short match, but maybe that's the most eventful thing before the TV cameras went on. Sam punk Darby Allen facing off at the end of the night was pretty cool. Um, and Malachi block still very over, but I'm going to say it. I think maybe this is the reason uh, Rampage is AEW's NXT. This needs to be a studio show in a very specific setting. 
Hmm. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I think they are filming Rampage in Cincinnati on um, on Wednesday, so I'm I'm going to be there live for uh, for Dynamite. So they're going to do all three hours, which means I get to see uh, I get to see Pac and Andrade. So I'm excited. I get to see one All Out match. I get to see one match from All Out since I didn't there get to go. Chicago this weekend. Damn it. Uh, but uh, looking forward to it. Uh, but, Kev, we don't want to keep you uh, too terribly long. We appreciate you, you checking in from Rampage tonight. You're going to be checking in with us live after All Out this Sunday night uh, right here with myself and Jose, correct? Yeah, and uh, keep following us on all the socials uh, on our Twitter, SK Wrestling underscore on our Instagram. We'll have a whole lot of content from this weekend and a bunch of exclusives. We also have a bunch up right now. Sid, great job with the always outrageous Kenny Bolin this afternoon. Uh, he, he, he was, he was out there, wasn't he? Let's not As give always. that guy any more screen time. Than, uh, than we <laughs> also, we have a fresh episode of the inside cradle up with Rick, <laughs> uh, and, and Sid and myself, Dutch, always a pleasure to speak to you. Good to know that you're Thank doing you, better than uh, the, the last two, few times we had you. I can't, I gotta work <laughs> oh, on the yeah. beard here, Dutch. I'm yeah. seeing your beard. I, I noticing how much I got to catch up here. Well, take faith in that. It looks a lot better than Rick's. I knew it was coming. I knew <laughs> I'll it was take coming. that. I will I take to, that. All I got to tell you. All right. Bye, Kevin. That was nice seeing you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. All, Get, out here. Get, Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't know, I don't know why that guy said that, Rick. Really? No, really. Uh, hey, I know so, it. I'm, I'm rocking the Randy Orton goatee. All right. I know it. I get it. I wish it grew in here. I wish it connected. It just doesn't. Uh, so, all right. We'll get back. Going, to in, going into what he was saying about Rampage. Yeah, I don't think the show was anywhere close to even last week's. I didn't like that show this week, really. But then again, I'm not following Ram. This is like my first exposure right. to it. So, and this is another thing that I hate. I can't hear a word those commentators are singing. I mean, they're all over each other, and they're talking on top of each other, and it, it actually confuses me. So I don't know about in, you guys, in all but. honesty, the best commentary at the end of the night was the exchanges between Jericho and CM Punk. Yeah, it like was, I was, it was just two of them. Yeah, when when it was Jericho and Punk, and then you had Excalibur who was calling play by play. I don't think there was a lot of Mark Henry and Taz in the main event tonight, if any. It's like they Mark realized he wasn't on the main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was at he did the, the backstage interview. Um, and maybe that's why it was the best commentary of the night is because Mark Henry wasn't at the table. I love Mark. I do. I'm, I'm a fan of Mark Henry. But but, I, I don't uh, think Mark's commentary is bad, but you can't take five guys or four guys and put them on commentary yeah. and have them do it. It confuses. I don't I think it not only confuses fans, it confuses the people. I mean, I, I think it confuses them too. Only two of them are actual commentators in Excalibur and Taz, while Chris Jericho just yells in the in the mic for for however long he's able to talk. And Mark Henry is still getting his feet wet as a commentator. So I think that's the main issue with the commentating. But I think this episode was way better than last week. Last week was by mm -hmm. far the weakest episode of Rampage so far because the main event was nothing. The The middle match was pretty much a squash, and it was only the, the first match with Jurassic Express and the Lucha Bros. Well, this one, I think that the opener – accomplish what it needs to accomplish and making Malachi Black look strong. You had a fun little two-on-one handicap match that made Chris Statlander look so impressive. Th that was the best job they've made Chris Statlander look strong going into Sunday, okay. and then the main event was great. Can I ask a question? Yes. What if you both said, hell no, shut up. No, but 
did was any did did Raw or SmackDown? I mean SmackDown or AEW? Did they mention anything about Daphne tonight? No, I don't think so. No. And that was that, that was odd. I thought it. I thought I SmackDown know. would do it. I know, but both. anyway, sad, sad news. We, we're not. Yeah. Gonna, I, I hate that. I really, I knew that girl not really, really well, but she was such a sweet person, and I really hated to hear that about that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, guys, look, I'm, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time on it. it is a sad story. It's a tra- If you need help, talk to somebody. That's 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 really all I'm, I, I can say about it. I, mean, I I didn't. I never got a chance to talk to her. Didn't know her very well. I was. I like I said. I've, I've mentioned this before. I grew up watching wrestling. Started watching in ninety seven, ninety eight. Um, you know, uh, Daphne and the work that she did in WCW really helped draw me into. Uh, the product and uh, yeah, just uh, absolutely sad. And you could see the the outpouring uh, this week from every. It's literally everybody, even the the stars of today, uh, and the people that she worked with. Um, you know, just it, it it was really, 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 really sad. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't really have. Yeah. Well, I hate it so, but but it surprised me that WWE didn't say anything about that. They, they both, and I know this doesn't really add much to the, you know, fact that they negated it on the broadcast, but both brands did send out, you know, tweets uh, about it uh, earlier this week. So they did uh, do that on social media. Uh, all right. We will get back to uh, rampage guys. I uh, continue to get uh, your, uh, your super chats in. If you want a guaranteed uh, that uh, your, your comments uh, will be read. Uh, if not, you can keep sending them in and I'll try to get to as many, of them uh, as I possibly can. A lot of R.I.P. Daphne's uh, coming in right now. Yeah. Uh, so we uh, we talked about the Usos and the Street Profits and uh, why we we all hated the fact so, this matchup was was set up tonight. Yeah, go ahead, Dutch. So why didn't you like that they opened with that? I liked it better because they didn't do a long in ring. And the reason, of course, they didn't do a long in ring is because the Usos can't do a long in ring. But they had an actually good match. They did and have they a good match. They had a good and, match, but I hate the fact that this match happened tonight. Period. Because they're doing exact. It, it seems like they're setting up exactly what they did heading into SummerSlam, where we're going to get the Usos and the Street Profits. I guarantee you, next week we're going to get Jay Uso versus Montez Ford, and then the week after that we're going to get Jimmy versus Angelo Dawkins, and then the week after that there's going to be another tag team between these guys, and then we're going to go into a tag team title match at Extreme yep. Rules, and we're all supposed to be excited about it. The I was I'm gen, I was genuinely excited the first time these two teams squared off. I was looking forward to this program, but they're, they're going to hammer this shit into the ground because that's what they seem to do with the damn tag team division. Sid, what's he, what's he doing, Sid? He's thinking too much. Thinking way too thinking, much. Rick. I, I just need to shut off my brain, apparently, and just go, this, this is great. This is all great. I love, every, I love everything that I'm watching. But, yeah, I'd look at it. If, if you take away everything that means anything, yeah, we got to see the Usos and the Street Profits in the ring tonight. That was really, really fun. Except for the fact that they cut off the best hot tag in the business tonight. They, uh, Angelo Dawkins gets the hot tag, and then they immediately reverse it, and they, they take him out. And I'm like, I, I was looking forward to that. You guys built up the Angelo Dawkins hot tag, and then you took it away from me. So that kind of took me out of it. Hey, the hey, Montez Ford. Did you see that dive he did at the end? Yes. I, I was more I impressed by the by the frog splash. The frog splash what I'm was, was amazing. Yeah. I, I was. thought that, that was a work of art. But I, I would have liked this match more if it wasn't for the lame finish. The I I hate DQ finishes 
The only thing I hate worse than DQ finishes is DQ finishes that don't make freaking sense. How many tag team matches do they have with a guy outside the ring comes in and beats somebody up and they fight for five, 10 minutes. And now it's a DQ. I'm sorry. That finish was way too lame for me. In, in, in all fairness, though, <laughs> at least this referee yeah, followed the rules. They counted. He counted a five and he did. Everything's at the referee's discretion, Sid. You know that. All right. It's all on whether or not the referee wants to. There needs to be some type of consistency, though. <laughs> no, I wish they would use the referees and play into it. Look at the NFL, right? The NFL is a, is a product. It, it is a production. And most of the time, the storyline is driven around the referees. I, hey, I they, they can do- use the referees and the backstage interviewers and everybody collectively and make this a better all-around product. They if they do really that in home. They do that in AEW where Aubrey Edwards is the only referee that has any type of authority while Rick Knox lets everything go. But in <laughs> WWE, all these referees are nondescript. They're all the same person. So they don't try to like distinguish anybody. So that's not possible. What was that? What was that name you used for AEW? Is that the is that the lady referee? Yeah, the lady oh, referee. She's the she's the one that actually enforces have, the rules. Have you did you watch? I watched her tonight. I just and she makes all these moves. She has these weird stances. I mean, she's, she's into inter- it. She's entertaining to watch. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what they need to do. They make a, need to make a dance called the Aubrey dance and, <laughs> and, and, and just say this is and, and put a song to it. I guarantee you'd be great. But do the Aubrey. Do the Aubrey. <laughs> uh but yeah, anyway, I thought I just I just for a lot of reasons I thought this match was a mistake tonight. And the way it ended, I thought it wasn't the great open. I, and again, you can call me a homer if you want. I would have opened things up hot. I would have gone with Becky and Bianca out of the gate. Um, We're starting to see a little bit more of that Becky Lynch heel turn tonight. And she had that crowd eaten out of the palm of her hand tonight. They, they, They cheered her when she came out tonight. She said... Drop that little line of "Oh, well, I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the you deserve it" chance, and then the crowd started chanting "You deserve it" to go along with her. But the second Bianca came out tonight, that crowd flipped. They started cheering more for Bianca. They started booing Becky more. They didn't boo Becky. They booed her the one time when she t- she didn't give them a title match. She did, I, did I, not I boo. Said boo I said boo her more. I said oh, boo her more. God. There was that. It said there was a bit of a mixed reaction. <sighs> If you notice, it's starting to turn a little bit. Again, it's going to be gradual, just a little bit. But overall, I liked both promos tonight. Becky Lynch knows what she's doing. She builds up Bianca before she tears her back down, and Bianca's coming in with her with her normal shtick, but it really, really works in this situation. Dutch, what would you think tonight? Uh, well, you liked Becky Lynch tonight, right? I did, yes. But, well, let me ask you this. What about uh, Happy Corbin? Did you like him tonight? I, you, I, you started off hating him, and me and Sid said, well, just give it time, give it time, <laughs> give it time. And now look what he did tonight. It was a, now, it was a, it was a great segment, just a little twitch. That's a heel. That's a heel. That's heat. That's actually getting booed. Not what Becky's doing. Becky is getting booed for circumstances that are not in her control. She's not, she's, she's not giving them the title match because it's not booked to be the title match. So it's really them booing the booking more than the character. Happy Corbin is an actual character that is drawing boobs. That's the difference. (laughs) And you love to boo it. Yes. 
You like you like that. You like him, but you I'm hate actually him not booing. Time. See, that's the thing is I'm actually not booing Happy Corbin. I, I actually genuinely like Happy Corbin. That's, but that's but what I'm it, saying. But he's entertaining. But I look at it differently. I look at it differently than 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 a fan. You know, like my I recognize good work, right? Like I love to watch Roman Reigns work. I'm not booing him when he comes out because it's like, oh, he's the bad guy. So you know, I look at it from a different lens uh, than than some other people do tonight. But uh, were, did you notice? What's the guy? Rick Boobs? Boobs? Yes, Boogs. Yes, Rick Boogs. And how long did that match go with Dolph? A minute? <laughs> Three minutes. What was up with that? Something I have no idea. I think I because had, they, they had that long match at the end. I, I'm, I, have, I have several issues. I have several, several, several issues uh, with that Dolph Ziggler and Rick Boogs match, and we will um, we will get there. We'll also get to more to, to Happy Corbin. But, uh, Dutch, what did you think about the exchange between Becky and uh, Bianca tonight? Well, that's the crowd kind of fighting itself. They're split right now, and they're still splitting, them, even when they're talking. People are listening to it. Right. But that's, that's the good part about it because they have their ear. They're listening, and I don't know how long they can – I'm not a big, big fan of splitting your audience because if you do that, no matter who wins or who loses, you make happy audience, you, you kind of piss them off. So, but, but she was getting there. I think she's working a little too hard to get them there. And I think maybe if she would, if she would turn and blame them instead of, you know, I had to do what I had to do if she would blame them, but Hey, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I don't I mean, know. I, I, I'm not going to draw a verdict on it right now. It's too early. Yeah, they they tried that in 2018 with Becky blaming the audience, and it just didn't it didn't work then. And I don't think it's going to work now. They got to go a different direction with it. I don't know what she has up her sleeve, but again, we're seeing a little bit of. I mean, if she, if they just let her do what she does well, where she just you know, it plays that antihero antihero role and can go up against either. It's like kind of like Charlotte Flair on Monday. I think they just got to let Becky be Becky. If they want to cheer for her, great. Charlotte Flair's in that same atmosphere right now, Sid. But, you know, it does feel a little bit forced. I will give you that. It feels forced. But that's because so many people want to cheer Becky because they're happy she's back. We'll see how long that lasts. How long yeah. has she been? How long has she been back? Three weeks now? Uh, What? SummerSlam was the 20s. Yeah, about that. Yeah. About three, appear three appearances. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, people are more cheering the or more excuse me, more booing the booking. But um we'll see how that goes. This match did get made official, by the way, for Extreme Rules and next week at Madison Square Garden. We'll have the contract yes. signing. Contract signings always fun, always a big, big, big draw. Uh so we did see Tony Storm, by the way, for the first time in uh forever in a day. Beautiful beautiful woman. Yeah, Dolph thought so. Uh, Dolph is back there flirting with Tony Storm, and and that's how they reintroduced Tony. Is they just had Dolph go back there and flirt with her and say, "Hey, you can accompany me to the ring," and she was all like, "No, I'm I'm rooting for Boogs." And yeah, that's she's it. The, she's the latest woman that's gonna turn down Dolph Ziggler and let him know that it's not 2013. You're not hot anymore, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give you the time of day. Mandy Rose did it before him. Vicky Guerrero left him on his ass. AJ Lee left him. Like, yeah, this just happens to Dolph every so often. But you know what, man? I can't fault Dolph. That's just Dolph. I've, I've actually seen this in person. That's who Dolph is, all right? So I don't have a problem with that. I just, the only problem is, is, like, that's all we saw of Tony Storm. So that's all we've seen of Tony Storm in the last two months. 
after her quick match with Zelina Vega was, okay, there it is. And then the other thing was we get one other set, two other segments tonight with featuring the, the, the women. We get Carmella just standing in front of a camera and Liv Morgan going, what the hell is this? What, what was that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I mean, I got know. It, I got it, what they were trying to do, but I went, unless you, I, they just want to put them in the same frame. I didn't, I don't get it. I guess they're trying to set up something between Carmella and Liv Morgan, which I'm all for. This is just a weird jumping off point tonight outside of Becky and Bianca. And I'm not <laughs> saying this is a good thing and I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but tonight felt very divas era esque for the rest of the women on the roster. Uh, Tony yeah. getting hit on by Dolph Ziggler backstage. Uh, Carmella just flaunting everything that she has, which as a man, I'm not going to complain about, but just that's it. That was it with Liv Morgan staring on. And then later in the night, again, progressing the story, but basically Naomi was like, nah, you're not important enough to be on the show. So, not acknowledged. Not acknowledged at all. So it's like outside of Becky and Bianca, it was all very divas-esque. And I'm not saying that with a negative connotation at all, but it just... We had seven women on the show tonight, no women's matches. That's actually kind of impressive when you stop to think about it. So who is the biggest heel amongst the women right now? And I'll tell you who I think it is. Carmella? <laughs> who do you say, Rick? Uh, they wanted to be Becky, but she's not there yet. I think it's I think it's Sonia. Yeah, it's Sonia Deville. She's the biggest heel right now, and she could turn on any of those girls, and she could make it work. I want her back in the ring very, very badly. So maybe we, like Steven brings up here, hang on, oh, bring it up there. Steven brings up, give me Naomi versus Sonya. Maybe that is her first uh, her first match back. I well, would we like can't give it to you right away. we got to build it. Yeah. Well, and they are. Hey, they're slow, they're build, slowly building it, yeah. Hey, did anybody see the build it and they will come baseball game? Do you see it? What is it? Uh, the Field oh, the of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Anybody see, you see that? Yeah, it was great. That, that was actually good. Really good. I thought they were going to set the uh, the cornfield on fire with lighting off all those fireworks on the walk-off home run. They're going to have <laughs> another one. You know, they're doing another one? Yeah, the Reds and the Cubs are playing it next year. Okay. No, this year. They're going to do another one this year, I heard. No, no, no. The second one's next year between the Reds and the Cubs. You calling me a liar, Rick? I'm just saying you might you might have heard wrong. That's, that's okay. all. We'll let that slide. So, uh, anyway, Very enjoyable. But Naomi and... and uh, and uh, Deville, that'd be a good matchup. It really I, would. I would love it. I think ultimately, though, this is going to lead to a. Maybe it's just my hopes. Get my hopes up, Sid. We all know where we want this to go, but I think this is going to lead to a Naomi heel turn. And I think it, I think it's time for her to show a different character because she's basically been the same person for five years now. Yeah, they're they're very much uh, you know emphasizing the look and everything. It was very colorful, very out there with the with the little barrettes. It's like the stuff I put in my daughter's hair, and yeah, it was just kind of out there to the point that I was just like, they're doing this on purpose because we're about to see a change, and she's gonna be in the bloodline gear in the black. I think that they are setting up the story very nicely of her not getting a knowledge and having to join the the bloodline to finally get that acknowledgement i would love it i i think i think the blood i think she would be a, obviously a natural fit she's already in the damn family for crying out loud uh but this is something this is something she she desperately needs and i would love to see i'd love to see roman reigns out there just and becky dropped that line tonight becky dropped that line of i don't give a damn what roman reigns does well she might if she's facing naomi and roman reigns is ringside <laughs> 
There's a lot you can do there. There is a lot. But I, I see if they take Naomi in, it's, it's a big ceremony. And she comes in as the princess, not the yeah. queen. She comes in as the princess. Well, yeah, she's, she's married. And, and she would fit. It would, it would work. It really would. Yeah. And, and maybe, you know, who knows? Maybe she comes in and Paul Heyman goes out. I don't, I don't know. We'll, we'll see because there was a lot of interaction between uh, uh, Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns and, uh, and, and Brock Lesnar tonight. And Ro I think Paul Heyman was the MVP of the, of the show tonight, especially. And, and this was something that Sid and I were talking about before we came on the air, Dutch. Paul Heyman's rapport with Kayla Braxton is fantastic that is the best use of a backstage interviewer i have seen wwe do in years just her literally stalking paul Heyman, just trying to get the story and trying to coax something out of brock lesnar and that smile she had on her face ear to ear looked like the damn grinch tonight when brock lesnar's music came out of paul Heyman's phone it was so so damn good tonight no that was good very good and that I like was, when she I like when she scares me. Paul, yeah. God damn. <laughs> you scared the crap out of me. That was good. That was the best segment of the night for me. I'm sorry. I don't care. Uh, I think that we had a great main event. Good matchup with Seth and Cesaro. But that was the best segment of the night from Kayla surprising Paul Heyman to the phone ringing with the Brock Lesnar theme song to his conversation with Brock where we only saw the Heyman side of it. But you can really yeah. tell already what Brock was saying to him all the way to the ending where he bumps into the janitor and the janitor happens to be Big E once again teasing <laughs> that he's going to cash in money in the bank there was just so many subtle things that sets up like the next maybe six months of storylines yeah. for roman reigns and paul Heyman. it was great yeah, and you no, know it was good didn't we didn't we predict brock and roman like six weeks ago yeah we yeah, yeah i mean I, I don't think it's anything to pat ourselves in the oh, back i do i do because he, <laughs> he wasn't supposed to be coming back so we're supposed to believe that Hey, if you're not going to pat us on the back, Rick, who is? <laughs> uh, do the do, there you go. Fine, I'll, I'll, I'll do the chomp. See, we had, we had to almost shame no. him into doing it. It's the Barry Harwoods. The Barry Harwoods. <laughs> oh, yeah. All day. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, I did like Big E tonight. Yeah, and here's the thing. If it's surrounding Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns, you know they're doing it for a purpose. Like, this is something they're actually going to follow through on. I think the only thing that they have never followed through on with the bloodline is the Shinsuke Nakamura thing. Like that is literally, that is literally it. They caught Shinsuke Nakamura a shot at the Universal Championship and then they never revisited it. And that is one of the big issues I have with the booking, bringing things back full circle with Rick Boogs tonight. Because when you look at the dynamic of Boogs and Nakamura, the guy that they are actually focusing on ever since Shinsuke Nakamura won the Intercontinental Championship is Boogs. Mm -hmm. He's the guy getting all the wins. He's the guy getting the matches while Nakamura just comes down dancing around holding the Intercontinental Championship. This is what I didn't want them to do, and they're often doing it. Again, again, again Rick. Too much thinking, buddy. <sighs> Every time they put a title on Nakamura, it's like they don't give a shit anymore. 
And Tony Khan even brought this up in his media call this week ahead of All Out. He was like, look, I booked the TNT Championship like it's a main event title. I'm not going to let this become, and you all know what title I'm talking about, I'm not going to let this become like other mid-card titles. And he was clearly talking about the Intercontinental Championship. Sid, I'm going to let you take it because I pulled out the plug for my headsets and I can't hear anything right now. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yes, he was talking about the Intercontinental Championship because this title used to be so prestigious. Like it was the 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 title that Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon had one of the greatest ladder matches of all time over this main event at SummerSlam 1992. But it seems like in the past decade, other than the Miz holding the Intercontinental Championship in 2016-2017, they don't care about this goddamn oh. title. Rollins as well. Rollins is yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was still that was still in that same year range, like 2016 through 2018. But ever since they made this version of the Intercontinental title, when Shinsuke Nakamura was the last Intercontinental champion, and they introduced this title, they have not cared about this version of the title since it been introduced. Like we have had, you know, reigns where people change characters, like Apollo Cruz. But where the hell is Apollo Cruz now? We got Shinsuke Nakamura, King Nakamura. We think he's getting a push. Now they're pushing his guitar player. Like it's just like it's ridiculous. This is exactly what, what you know what this is. This is Carmella and Reggie all over again. Yes, pretty much. It is. It is. Reggie's in a better position than Carmella right now. So I think we're gonna see the same thing with Rick Boogs. Can you call the twenty four seven title a better position? I, I I don't. He's getting pushed better than most champions. I would say the twenty four seven title is in a better position than both women's tag team titles, whether in NXT or the main roster. I would say that much. Or the tag team titles outside of the Raw tag team title because they're actually pushing RK Bro, but they ain't pushing the Usos that strong. They pushing Reggie very strong on Raw. Yeah, yeah they are. Uh, well, the one person who might beat him. Is, is is Damian Priest the way that they have shot that United States title run out of the out of a cannon right now? That's what I wanted them to do with Nakamura. Now I'm not saying they're going to keep it up with uh with, with Damian Priest, but they might because that guy does not lose. He's lost a handicap match, and that's it. Like since he's been on the main roster, and he just pinned Drew McIntyre this week, so you can tell who they have pegged for major runs down the line. I think it's pretty damn obvious they just put the belt on Nakamura because he was getting some decent crowd reactions and they wanted to take it off Apollo Crews. They have no yeah. plan to do anything with Shinsuke Nakamura as Intercontinental Champion. I wouldn't be surprised if he dropped it to books for crying out loud. That's thinking sad, too much. <laughs> thinking way too much. I gotta stop doing that. Why don't he just drop it to one of the girls while he's at it? <laughs> Won't he drop it twice in the same night? Hey, I'm all for the the women getting a mid card title. To be completely honest with you, I I think a, a, a women's version of the Intercontinental Championship would 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 be, would be made for somebody like a Liv Morgan. Oh, please no! We they don't even know how to book the women's tag team titles. Don't give the woman another because title for them to book. and broke up all the tag teams. Sis. They, they were not doing well with it before. Then the only t tag team champions that really mattered was the Kabuki Warriors and the Golden Role Models. And this this title's been a for two years and you only had two good or decent champions in that time that's ridiculous ridiculous i'm agreeing with you sid thank uh, you dutch i'll th i'll throw in five feet of fury or excuse me 10 feet of fury i thought nikki and uh, Alexa <laughs> were really really great together as <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's crisscross applesauce no uh, no bliss sauce no they were not they were not that good no yes, they, they didn't were. care about them
They hey, did that, did that Tory Storm girl? Did you did did she work on Raw or no? No, she she's, worked yet. No, just the first time we saw her. Yes, this is the first time we saw her since her squash win against Zelina Vega. Hey, Zelina didn't lose tonight, so that's uh, that's good well, that's for her. Good. It wasn't on television. Uh, I think she was the only member of the women's division that wasn't on TV tonight. Again, though, uh, absolutely no uh, no women's matches uh, whatsoever uh, on the card tonight. Uh, moving on, we uh, we saw the new and improved uh, positive attitude Seth Rollins tonight, and I did give a big-ass eye roll to the fact that he was going to be taking on Cesaro again. Uh, but at least they explained it. He requested this matchup tonight. He wanted to take on his old rival. Uh, talked about how you know he learned a lot of things in his match against Edge, and he was going to use those to his advantage tonight. And then we saw him trotting out some of uh, Edge's moves uh, during his match against uh, Cesaro tonight. And I was wondering where that was going, and especially after the match ended, which it ended in a DQ. And the match was great, too, by the way. It was just as, as good as any of the matches that those two have had with one another. They obviously work well uh, with one another. But the match ends in a DQ, and then Rollins just starts beating the hell out of him with a steel chair. And I'm sitting here going, are we doing this again? Are, like, mm -hmm. What is the end game here? Are we continuing Rollins and Cesaro? It didn't hit me until he put him in the, you know, put the, the chair yeah. in the face that we were going to get Edge and Rollins, too. And then here comes Edge right down. I get it now because they wanted a big match for Madison Square Garden. So I hated it at first. I was questioning what the hell was going on. And then by the end of the segment tonight, it, it, it was so damn obvious. I can't believe it didn't hit me in the face, Dutch. Well, don't you think they'll sell Madison Square Garden out anyway? Yeah, they will. But they want to make it a big show for sure. Well, they got they got Lesnar there. And, hey, they got Happy Corbin there. <laughs> That's always good. That's money. always good for a sub. Yeah, that's money in the bank, buddy, right there. So, but uh, but I, I think that match with uh, that, that you're talking about that that added to the luster of that card at Madison Square Garden. Uh, I mean, there was one thing about the Garden. When is this Kevin Owens? He started that new thing tonight, right? Is oh, that his first time he's done it? No, 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 no. That's that's what that he's had a talk show for a while, but they just trotted out there whenever they don't really They're have anything for him to do. Yeah, pretty much. But did what about that segment, Rick? What about Logan Paul? Did you like him? No, I I, I didn't. But and kudos to WWE for uh, for finally yeah. realizing that he's the crowd doesn't like him either. Uh, so basically, we saw the Logan Paul heel turn tonight. Uh, What's his brother's name? Jake Paul. Jake, Jake Paul. Yeah. I did like the line where he said that actually happened because, you know, Logan's going to be all over the Internet and everybody thought that fight was fixed and this, that and the other thing. And so I did like that line drop by him tonight. But uh, you know what? I'm all for, you know, uh, a Kevin Pred Owens, happy Corbin. Pred prediction. I'm going to make a prediction. Go right ahead, sir. Next year's uh, WrestleMania, the Paul brothers against the tag team. Oh. What do you think? Book it. Book, Book it. it. Book, Book it. it. I don't give a shit. I'm here for it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm here for it. Again. Oh, you want the Sid, money matchup? We'll, we'll, you want the we'll money matchup? We'll book you and Rick against them. Sell no, no, no. You want the money matchup? The Paul Brothers versus Damian Priest and Bad Bunny. Book it. That's it. That's Book it. it. You want money? You, you want see all... how far advanced we are? You want to check all the boxes? You want to check all the boxes? Oh, my God. That's, that's every, every single 
tag team in WWE should quit if that happens. That like, would be money. <laughs> Do you really? I'm sorry, that's the best idea I've came up with on this oh, show. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great idea. <laughs> um, As far as Seth versus Cesaro, I like the match. I thought the finish was kind of lame, but I love the, the story. The story that yeah. Seth told, um, you know, using the edge-o-matic, using the implant DDT, then pulling out the chair leg, doing the cross face like edge. Once he pulled out the chair, I realized what was going on because I was like, oh, he's going to go for the concerto. But I didn't I didn't think he was going to do the leg, the leg um, cross face that Edge has been using. So I like that. And then when he brought up both chairs, I was like, oh, no, now he's going for the concerto. And yeah. then brought out Edge. And although you got Brock Lesnar for Madison Square Garden, you got the contract signing with Becky and Bianca, you need a main event matchup. And that's what Edge and Seth Rollins gives next week. And that's when I felt like I was like, oh, they're loading up this Madison Square Garden show because whether they want to admit it or not, whether they want to acknowledge the competition or not, AEW has their show on September 22nd in New York City that's pretty much already sold out, that has outsold them at Madison Square Garden. And if WWE, you know, wants to, wants to sell out Madison Square Garden and say, okay, yeah, we both sold out in New York City after the pandemic, that was what they needed to do. Book Brock Lesnar, make sure you have a segment with Becky Lynch and have a main event match. Yep, Edge and Rollins. How long, how long before AEW does a raid on WWF Stanford headquarters? You remember that? I do. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what the, they have in mind. I think they got their their visors straightforward and they're doing their own thing. Because I would do it. I would do they it. They don't have to worry about WWE right now. To be completely honest with you, as Philip brings up. Uh, WWE building up the Madison Square Garden card. I'm wondering if AEW has another big debut coming up next I, week. I think they do, Bay Bay. <laughs> oh, they do. Uh, I don't think Adam Cole has made a decision yet. To be completely honest with you, and if I, I, I wanted, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have made a decision yet. To be completely honest with you, the I, world I, is Adam Cole's oyster. I would hey, take. I would hey. take every offer and go back and forth between both companies and be like, all right, who's giving me what? This, that, and the other. If thing. the biggest thing on his contract negotiations is, I want to quit keep my twitch paid wwe don't want that problem then they're gonna have aj styles coming back to them like why he get to keep his twitch and i don't cesaro come back to them like why he gets to keep his twitch and i don't all these people are gonna do that that's a problem that wwe doesn't want it is better off for them for adam cole to go they're over there and and they can wish that Adam Cole going over there when CM Punk and Brian Danielson going there, they're, they're going to be like, you're not even going to get pushed like that because they got two two big stars over there. So that's the WWE. You, I, that's more realistic for WWE to do. I'm I'm not saying that Adam Cole is, you know, right to choose one or the other. I agree with you. Yeah, he should, you know, kind of play both sides against each other. But at the end of the day, WWE is not very beneficial for them to sign Adam Cole if that's his biggest thing in negotiations. I think it would be dumb to let Adam Cole go over a effing Twitter a Twitch stream. I, I think it would be. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I get, you I get didn't already. If you didn't already make that ban on other people and make other people shut down that, their Twitch page, then was, I agree with you. But they was, already did. That was effing dumb in the first place. It was. They should just let him have it and say, screw it. Who gives a shit about these guys having Twitch streams? I do. You can't have everybody just doing whatever they want to do. Somebody has to lay down the law to these guys. And by God, you're not doing it. All right. And so yes. they did. So the Let's guy left. 
Let's make sure our independent <laughs> contractors can't do everything they can to make some uh, additional money. Let's uh, let's just make and sure. That's, that's why I, I pitched to the sports keto wrestling uh, execs that we have a judge Dutch Mantel show because yeah. he's the judge, jury, and executioner of everything in wrestling. So put give us a thumbs up on this video if you want to judge Dutch Mantel show on the sports keto wrestling YouTube channel. Do it. Do it. Done. Oh, there's one. There's one. There's two, yeah, three, four. Done. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The network's down. Oh. <laughs> uh, we got over. We got overwhelmed. Uh, Rocky, if I'm saying that correctly, uh, Britt Baker teasing Adam Cole on Dynamite was hilarious this week, and, and very, very well done on uh, her part. And by the way, uh, Fightful uh, reporting this week that she actually did sign a uh, contract extension, so that's not yeah. just uh, something they did for the hell of it. Uh, she is sticking around. And I'm looking forward to seeing her live in person uh, this Wednesday in Cincinnati. Uh, but, yes, I do think AEW has a major uh, addition coming up because Brian Danielson is going to be showing up uh, on Sunday. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see how WWE responds next week. We already know they have a stacked SmackDown at Madison Square Garden. Are they even going to try on Monday Night Raw? They've announced a couple of matches. Uh, we're getting Here's the thing. Tonight... We get a championship contenders match between the Usos and the Street Profits, and then they turn around on Monday, and we're getting literally every team under the sun on Raw in a tag team turmoil match to determine the number one. Just pick one or the other. Don't do one on one show and one on the other. I'm I'm all for actual number one contenders matches. So, well, to be fair, on SmackDown they have. But five tag teams, one of which is a father who's ruining a son's life. The other is uh, Dolph Ziggler being rejected by women and losing in three minutes. And uh, you got the Street Profits and the Usos. And then you got the Alpha Academy who's pushing Otis more than Chad Gable. So yep. really, they got two tag teams. <laughs> hey, with, with, the, with the Mysterios, this is what I'm afraid. They're almost going too long with it. Because you know something's going to happen. Either bust the angle or leave it. And yeah. after a while, I expected something to happen tonight. I didn't but like I said, Sammy. I didn't, this didn't. minor. I didn't like Sami Zayn trying to run away from Dominic. Like, why should why should Sami Zayn be running away from a 23-year-old rookie? In the end, it got him a win. But it's like, why, why are you afraid of Dominic? Like, seriously, Mind what has games. Dominic? Yeah, Mind I, I, games. I guess it didn't come off that way. It came yeah. off as like, Unless he, what he was going for was screw this. This isn't worth my time. I, I, I'm better than this. If that was his reasoning behind it, okay. And that just popped into my head. But at the time, I'm like, why is he afraid of Dominic? This makes no sense, whatever, whatsoever. But Ray ends up costing Dominic the match, which was the whole damn point. And yeah, sooner or later, yeah, well, Dominic's gonna turn on Ray for sure. Yeah. What if Ray turned on him? Ah, uh, no, Ray Mysterio can't play a heel. It's never worked well. It's never worked well in his career. He, I, was actually, I believe. I believe that. I believe Becky Lynch could play a better heel than Rey Mysterio. That's yeah, how. That's that. how confident I. Am. I just brought that up. That I was thinking. Well, what if he turned? And I don't know how you do that. People I think say, what this, the hell? I think this is the easiest story in the world. And I'm not saying WWE wouldn't botch it because you know they they've missed dunks before. But this is the easiest story in the world to tell. You got a dad who is trying to teach his son everything and you know with his experience and life experiences 
give him all the advice in the world. And then you have the son who thinks he already knows everything at 23 years old. And he's not even freaking close to knowing everything at 23 years old. Hell, what you know at 25 that you didn't know at 23 will shock you if anybody is in that age bracket right now. This is the easiest story in the world to tell for Dominic to go, you know what? Screw you, dad. I'm not living in your house anymore. I'm not living under your rules anymore. I know better than you, and I'm going to punch you in the damn face. That's that's the story to tell here, and I think that's the direction they're going. But I and, that, and, that, and that would actually work. Yes. If he threatens to hit his dad. Forget threatening. Hit the damn man. You're, oh, you're, a, foot it, you're a foot taller than him. you got to take it. Take it in you got to take this in stages. You just can't go on something. He punches him. You got to build to that. Um, listen to me. He's not even your real father. Just deck him. We oh, all know who you're real. Dude, it. so that's so wrong. That's so that, wrong. That is so wrong. Trying to break up a happy home. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, I'm my God. But he is kind of tall. Strictly, I'm speaking strictly. <laughs> I'm speaking strictly in kayfabe, obviously. But again, yeah, he is ridiculously uh, tall. Uh, Angie's got the the tall genes in the uh, in the family uh, yeah. for sure. All right, so let's get to the main event tonight. They protected Finn Balor a little bit here tonight, Sid, by having the Usos come down. I, I don't like when Roman Reigns gets help because he doesn't need it. But it's part of his character where he just says, "Screw it, I don't care," and I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna send my boys to beat you up because I feel like it. So it kind of it's in that that mob boss. Uh, kind of mentality, but uh, Balor took a pretty wicked bump to the midsection there. His match, oh, we lost Dutch. Uh, his 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 midsection, his like fourth ab was really 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 red. Uh, before that that match even got underway tonight. Uh, so Usos did a number on him. Then we get the Street Profits coming down again and and chasing them off. And Roman takes uh his his nice little stroll as Dutch Mantel pops back in. Roman takes his nice eight minutes. That's, that's, uh, that's my that's my new gimmick. I pop in, I pop back in. So you're the fiend. You're just going to pop in and, and pop out and show back up. And, <laughs> all right. Um, but overall, they, they protected Balor a little bit tonight. He got in a lot. Finn Balor always does great in these moments. I thought this was a really, really, really fantastic matchup tonight. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. A lot of that was lost in the commercial break, but a great match, uh, a finish that protects Finn Balor tonight. And maybe, Sid, did I see what I thought I saw at the end of the night? Just a quick little, little bleep, little red. Yes. I see what I, I think I saw tonight, Sid. From beginning to end, I thought that this was brilliant stuff because the Usos, you know, didn't look good with the Street Profits standing tall over them. They also lost that opening match. So they had to make up something for their mob boss, for their head at the table, for the tribal chief. So that's why they jumped the uh, jump Balor before the match to make Roman's night a little bit easier. So he can, that's why he was so confident in his little, uh, you know, promo segment with, uh, with Paul Heyman. Then, you know, he, it was a great back and forth match. Finn Balor looked great in it. I thought it was a lot of brilliant work. You know, the the final near fall, especially with Balor hitting the coup de gras and then Roman hitting his signature kick out low blow at the same time. That is just so great. It's so great every single time he gets it. And he's the best at kicking out. He waits to like two and three quarters every single time. And the way he did that was so smooth. And then just laying in the ground and pound, the choke out victory. Balor didn't tap out. It protected him in the loss. So it was great all around. And then that little subtle tease of just 
It just says that, yes, we got Brock Lesnar next week, but I don't think that's the matchup they're going to add extreme rules. It leaves the door open that Finn Balor really hasn't gotten his fair opportunity at the at the Universal Championship. And then potentially we might see the Fiend come back. Come back. You I mean, no, excuse me, the demon. The demon. There you go. Yes, the demon Finn Balor. Yeah. Interesting. Do you know you much guys, about you, you guys need to be on a creative team somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I wish you guys was on the creative team. I just knock I just knock your shit daily every day. I say, I have a stiff and that's stiff and that's and take it and, and then take and it. Rick, Rick is thinking too much again, so he really needs to get off those pills and hey. As long I'm as the pay, as long as the checks clear, my man, you can uh, use and abuse me oh, as much oh, as. Oh, they they would clear. <laughs> they would they would do that. No, but here here's my thing, uh, Sid, and and yes, while as a fan of the character, right, I'm a huge fan of the Demon Finn Balor. Um, I'm a huge fan of the the Prince Finn Balor, to be completely honest with you. Yeah. But man, there, there's a part of me, and again, maybe I'm thinking too much. What happened the last time? Finn Balor was on the main roster. They used and abused that demon character until it was, they used it as a crutch. Finn Balor would lose and then he would be the demon and he would win. That's pretty much the entire crutch. And then to the point where they kind of ruined the character, they ruined Finn Balor. He goes and completely reinvents himself in NXT, comes back up. And now he's been on the main roster for what? Uh, all of a month. And we're already going back to the demon again. That's, that's my concern here. The only reason I'm okay with it is because they did protect the demon whenever they pulled it out on the main roster. So that makes me believe for the first time in well over a year, because they kept saying Roman Reigns has been universal champion. If they do the demon versus Roman Reigns at extreme rules, I actually believe the demon can win because they have protected him. He's undefeated whenever he pulls out the demon. So that makes me believe for the first time in forever that Roman Reigns, they will at least, I think Roman's always going to get the Universal Championship back because I feel like that's the long-term goal. But it would make the story interesting with Brock Lesnar at the same time because that's his real feud that's going on here. But we've seen Brock and Roman with the Universal Championship. Yes, the roles are reversed, but it's always been about the title. Now they have a story that doesn't need the title because it's more about fighting for the love of Paul Heyman. So they can have <laughs> Brock Lesnar cost Roman Reigns the Universal Championship. The Demon gets a short run with the title. And you can even save Brock and Roman. You don't have to blow it off at Saudi Arabia or Survivor Series. You can have the Demon beat him at Extreme Rules. And then Brock beats Finn Balor for the Universal Championship and then you can stretch out this whole feud with Brock and Roman eventually for a bigger show, either the Raw Rumble or or WrestleMania if they if the plans that they're saying, you know, the reports are saying they want to save Brock and Roman for Hollywood in uh, 2023 then do Brock and Roman at uh, WrestleMania in, two, in 2022 because that's the biggest match you got right now. I don't have an issue literally with anything you just said. You laid out exactly what I would do. And I would give, honestly, Finn Balor a, a longer run with, with the title, maybe all the way. Uh, well, I mean, it's September now, right? So we're talking end of September, maybe lose it at the Royal Rumble, uh, drop yeah. it at the Royal Rumble ahead of WrestleMania season. So that's like, that's a four, that's a good three, three, four month run, especially if the Rumble ends up being in February. So you're looking at about a four month run with the title. I like that. I do, because I agree with you. And Dutch, uh, uh, I want to ask your opinion. You 
Well, yeah, go ahead. Brock, Les Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns, you are absolutely right, does not need to be for the championship. Absolutely, 100% does not need to be for the title. In fact, I think Brock Lesnar has reached the point where he's a big enough attraction by himself. He overshadows any championship in WWE. He doesn't need to be Universal or WWE champion ever again, in my opinion. He's just that big of an attraction. He and Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman in the middle. You can do Paul Heyman on a pole no. match. I don't care. Yes. That's that's the story. The title gets lost in all of it. The title yep. means nothing. So, yeah, give me – you're right. Give me Demon Finn Balor versus Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules. If Brock shows up – Brock doesn't even have to show up. You can just hit his damn music. Yeah. Just hit his music. Give him enough for the Demon to to get on top and, and, and get the win over uh, Roman Reigns. Dutch, your thoughts on all that? I think Paul Heyman is going to be very instrumental in this whole Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns thing. And he could be a reason Roman loses. He could be a reason Roman wins or invite and, and he goes with the winner. That's, that's, that's Paul Heyman style. He's going to go with who is on top at the time, which makes him uh, really a sneaky little bastard, which is what he wants people to think anyway. But yeah. uh, let, let me ask you this guys. I read this week that Vince McMahon is taking over the creative of NXT. Is that true or not? Um, that that's and already, why would, kind of, he do, why would he do that? He's already, that's already kind of been debunked by the same outlet that reported it in the first place. So there's okay. who the hell knows. Uh, we, all we know for sure is that NXT is undergoing some changes. That is really all we know, but Dutch, I did have one. I didn't like something that you said. Maybe they do the reverse of what they did with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar in the first damn place all the way back in 2003. What if they mm -hmm. had Paul Heyman turn on Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules and realign himself with Brock Lesnar? That's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. he's, he's, that, that, to me, that's heat. I mean, if he turned on Roman. Because people that, kind that, of would that they, make they Roman was, the babyface, though? Would that make Roman the babyface? Would you have to turn the entire bloodline at that point? No, you wouldn't. That could be heels. But I, that is something to consider. But I, I think we're, uh, I don't know. We'd have to think about that. But he is very instrumental on which way he goes. Remember I said when they go in and they both look at him and say, who are you going to pick? Yeah. And and leave it like that. And the people who would saying, you, who I don't would you know. What, touch? what would if I pick for, for if Paul? You were in, if you were in Paul Heyman's shoes, if it was Dutch Mantel, and you had Roman Reigns staring at you, and you had Brock Lesnar staring at you. Who are you standing by? Well, this out this also depends on the availability of Brock. That's true. If too. he's not going to be there, you can't you can't carry out all these plans. But if he is set for the next year, I think either one of them will work. And then actually, he could do the double swerve and go back. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's expected of him to turn his back. They they can you make know, it's a, like a, it's like a snake. Why did you pick me up? You knew I was a snake when you picked me up. Paul Heyman could be a double. Paul Heyman could be a double agent. That's what it is. Could it be. could have been set up. I set up the, all along to just finally take Brock Lesnar out of the picture altogether. Yeah, and that's the beauty of this. So I don't know. It's we'll pick see. one, it, pick the other. They, they would both. They would both work if they don't rush it. 
there definitely seems to be some long-term story ramifications in, at play here, which is something we don't get to say a whole lot about WWE. So, But when it comes to their main top guys and gals, they stick to the plan more often than not, unless there are unforeseen circumstances. The other thing I really like about this, you get the title off of Roman Reigns, you let Roman go nuts and chase down Brock Lesnar, chase down Paul Heyman. Then all of a sudden you can have Finn Balor. You can have Finn Balor wrestle, you know, Sami Zayn. You can have Finn Balor wrestle Kevin Owens. Everything opens up in the in the men's division. On if you could have Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. You could have Finn Balor and Edge for crying out yes. loud. If Edge wants the Universal Championship. We don't need to see him and Roman Reigns anymore. Give me Balor and Edge for the Universal Title. Sign me the hell up for that. Uh, every damn day of the week. Uh, he's thinking. Uh, he's, he's thinking. We got we got uh, you thinking, Rick. I'm, I'm, I do way too damn much of that. All right, so that was SmackDown. SmackDown is in the books. We move on to Rampage tonight, the final show before All Out on Sunday. We talked about this a little bit uh, uh, earlier on in the show when Kev Kellum joined us live from the scene in Chicago, Illinois. We open things up with Malachi Black and Lee Johnson tonight. Um, overall, okay. You could tell, at least in some spots, that Lee Johnson's a little green still. But the story at the end... Where, where Malachi just says, enough of this shit, and just kicks, literally kicks the hell out of the man, goes outside the ring, grabs the chair. You're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Drops the chair at the man's feet and says, pick it up. Use it. I dare you. Do you want the win or do you want revenge? That's what he yes. asked him. Yes. And then he barely gets up to his feet. Malachi hits him with the, uh, what do we call it? We're not calling it the Black Mass. Have they, really, have they given it a name yet? No, uh, I'm, calling, I'm still calling it the black mask. All right, we'll go with the black mask. Hits him with the black mask, pins him. And now, rinse and repeat, here comes Dustin Rhodes down to the ring. It's just like Malachi Black is a hitman for the uh, for the, for the Nightmare Collective or whatever the heck they call it. Nightmare Family. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare Collective ended uh, a long time ago. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's like he's a personal hitman here for the for the Rhodes family, and now we're getting Malachi and, and Dusty uh, on Wednesday. But, uh I love what I love what Malachi is doing right now. That was some damn good storytelling, even though the match kind of drug a little bit tonight, Sid. I thought the presentation of Malachi Black, it's just it's just night and day from what he was in WWE. Like that's a superstar type of entrance from the beginning. Um, I do agree that Lee Ali Johnson is a little green, but I like the fact that they gave him a little bit something here because you're always gonna be green if you don't get that time in the ring, right. you don't have an opportunity to perform your offense. So he looked he looked good for the level that he's at, but I love that finish. That finish made this this was a really fun match and fun opener the chicago crowd was very much into it they were very much into malachi black and i loved the dustin Rhodes, uh you know running and save and i loved his promo dustin Rhodes has been one of the most underrated promos for aew because it doesn't matter how much time he gets he always delivers what he has to say and regardless of how you feel about dustin before he talks he makes you interested in whatever match he has coming up no it was good I liked his interview too, because that was really wasn't a, a Dustin Rhodes, you know, traditional interview. Yeah, he put some he put some force in it, and it would have been better if Mark Henry had to stayed out of it if he just had to just <laughs> hand the mic, just handed in the mic and let him talk. But but it, but it was good, and Malachi Black, uh, he led that kid and made him look like he belonged. Yep, and he he didn't necessarily kill him; he gave him some spots. Yeah. So but the story was told. That's what the kid was there for. 
to make Malachi look like a, a devious killer, and he did. He yep. looked that way. What do you think about the next match with Miro? Oh, oh that Miro pro, Miro and Eddie Kingston promo. That might have been my favorite thing of the night. I am sorry. Eddie Kingston was muddy. He was muddy here. Redeemer, redeem these nuts. That I need a t-shirt. I need I a t-shirt. I thought I thought the 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 God stuff in the middle was kind of like eh. I, I didn't like not, that. It's not I for me. Like I thought I thought that was perfectly booked and bullshit. Is what that was out of Eddie Kingston tonight. The first thing out of his mouth out of his mouth was fantastic. The last thing out of his mouth hilarious. Everything else in the middle was a bullshit sandwich for me. <laughs> hey, I love any feud that's about a title and God. And as a person that went to Catholic school, I'm sorry. I went to Catholic school in New York City where Eddie Kingston is from. That's how we talk. That's how we talk <laughs> about God. If someone's already talking about I'm God's favorite, I oh, it's all about my God, blah, blah, blah. That's the type of stuff that a New Yorker would say. So I enjoyed every bit of that. Uh, in New York City, in New York yeah. City, yes. New York only, City, really? I thought you only heard that down in Georgia and Alabama, talking <laughs> about God and all that. But, well, really? I mean, it, and, and Eddie did do smart to say your God, like yeah, your, your God, God's not my God, because that, like, the first thing they, the, when he first started talking, I'm like. Oh, he's going all atheist here, and I, I don't know if that's going to play well. No, he no, did he emphasize. He emphasized yeah. your God. Your God yeah. must be stupid because he let me know <laughs> what your Achilles is. Your God must think that you're a sinner, or I wouldn't be out here. Those were great lines. I loved every bit of what Eddie Kingston said, but I love Miro as well. Thank Miro's you. another one that it's night and day from what he was. Like I was talking to Kenny earlier, and he agreed with me. The first six months of Rusev in WWE was was great but it wasn't this this is just on a whole different level this is a whole different guy and he comes off like a complete main eventer and a star when he's out there and the guy's favorite champion and redeemer gimmick is one of the best things yeah, that could happen for him well Do in wwe lana lana overshadowed him yeah she, she did the talking and and she did all that but but well, I, this is what i disagree with on the miro deal they left him laying and money well, you, to, you, gotta, you gotta give a little bit of a hope that that Kingston actually has a shot, which he doesn't. I think Kingston's gonna get absolutely decimated on on Sunday. He'll yeah. hit a DDT. He'll hit a couple of his moves. He'll get a couple of those those Roman Reigns kickouts out of Miro on Sunday. But Miro's walking away the TNT champion. I don't think there's a prayer they put that belt on Eddie Kingston. Well, no, I'm saying look at that. I'm just talking about looking at the optics on TV. He could have still got his ass kicked and and backed up. He didn't have to run, but he could back out. But he hit him with the DDT, you know? Like yeah, you had, to, you had to put over the story that his his the DDT is his Achilles, and he had to lay him out because they really they did that last week where they did the pull apart where nobody really got the upper hand. They needed to give Eddie this to have the illusion and let it seem like he can beat Miro. But I told Kenny earlier, Kenny predicted Eddie Kingston to win on Sunday, but I said no. if whenever Eddie Kingston wins the title, it needs to happen in New York. We New York fans love Eddie Kingston. He is our guy. He's the representative of us. So whenever he wins the title, it needs to happen there. It can't happen in Chicago. I agree. I I I changed my attitude. It's great. I, I, <laughs> now it's interesting that you brought up Lana overshadowing Rusev in WWE because as many times as Miro has brought up his hot double-jointed wife uh, on AEW programming. It makes me think that she's showing up sooner rather than later 
does it happen this weekend, Sid? Do we think maybe because again, Tony Khan has said there's a couple of uh, surprises he's got up his sleeve as far as the women's division is concerned. I think Miro gets the victory, and after the win, waiting for him on the stage is his hot wife. Hot double jointed wife. Make sure hot, hot double jointed wife. You're <laughs> correct. You are correct. Um, but I think if that's the case, if they do add Lana or CJ, whatever they decide to to call her in uh, AEW. Yeah, I don't think she's going to be the star of that group because WWE saw people chanting for for Lana and went, "Oh, she's the money," and completely lost face in 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 Rusev as a draw. Um, so yeah, I think I think AEW will be smart and, and keep Miro on this path that he's on because he is absolutely one hundred percent crushing it right now. Uh, then we did uh, have the uh, the women's uh, handicap match, Rebel versus, or excuse me, Rebel and Jamie Hader versus uh, Chris Statlander tonight. Absolutely, absolutely love the spot, the uh, double face plant power slam by Statlander tonight. That was incredibly, incredibly well done. Rebel kind of gets sacrificed in this one here to set up a, a three on one that was spoiled by uh, by Red Velvet. Crowd really didn't give a whole lot of crap about Red Velvet tonight. Uh, f- felt bad for her. She's really, really talented, though. I like her a lot. Uh, Sid, what did you think about this one? Uh, it was more to do with because she versed a hometown favorite on the uh, dark taping before the show, uh, Sky Blue, who's going to be in the uh, in the Casino Battle Royale on Sunday. So I understand that. But I thought that this was a great showcase for Chris Statlander. She hasn't been built up the best going into Sunday. I think that's the most predictable match on the card. I think Britt Baker's definitely going to win. So she, Chris Statlander needed this here. Give me the, give me the rundown on this Chris Statlander. This first she, time I've seen her. She's an alien. She's another yeah, East Coast East Coast uh like uh like independent star. She's she's very agile. She does like a 450 splash. That's one of her uh finishers, but she's also very strong and she's been undefeated, I think 20 and 0 since she's returned from injury. And it was ironically Britt Baker that injured her last year. Okay. Got it. I agree with Steven though. Uh, I don't think this is Statlander's time. I think Baker is still way too uh white yeah. hot. And I think sh- this match is going to be good, but I think a lot of a lot of this card on Sunday is very very predictable, which makes me wonder if we are going to get a few surprises. Because you look at, you know, Moxley's match. I think I think John wins that one pretty pretty easily. I think uh, Miro retains. I think uh, Kenny Omega retains. There's no way they're having CM Punk lose in his first match in AEW in front of his hometown crowd of Chicago. Even though that would be a hell of a rub uh, for Darby Allen. I think the rub is just him being in that match uh, in particular. I maybe they shock us here. Maybe they 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 pull off a couple of upsets this week because this looks like a very very good card, but still a very predictable one. I mean, as long as there's the the, the cage match is the one that's kind of the toss up, and I think that's where we're gonna get like the big surprise or title change there. Um, but yeah, I do agree that a lot of these matches are predictable, and I think that's why some people are down on the card. But I think overall the matches are gonna deliver, so that's why this card is probably gonna be remembered as one of the best cards in AEW history. Mm-hmm. Of course, I the, agree. I agree. Of course, the main event. I- we all agree should be punk and, and Allen, right? Like no disrespect, 100%. no disrespect 100%. to Kenny Omega and, and Christian. There's well, not, let me, let me, well, let me ask you this. Yeah. It's in Chicago. Yep. That's punk's town. That's punkville. Yep. So how is the, are the fans, how are they going to react to Darby Allen? 
How it's, much does Darby Allen? How much does he weigh? Like one seventy? Yeah, yeah, like one seventy. My God, would it brick in his pocket? Would it brick in his pocket? Probably. But yeah, I, I think that tonight was kind of a, a telling sign that they are still into Darby Allen and they still view him as the the baby face on the rise. So it's not like putting him against punk means that they're going to boo him. I think there's still going to be that, that vocal minority that loves Darby. I think they're going to be like, we like Darby Allen, but we love CM Punk. It's going to be more of that type of dynamic than we hate you because you're going against our guy. And Darby. Well, Allen when you're in a match like that, it's hard to read the people. So it confuses the guys. Yeah. Like, what do I do here? Because I'm about this far from being a big, big heel. So if I do that, I will I will go over the top. So I don't know. How long do well, you think the match will go? I think they're going to get like maybe between 15, 20 minutes if they're in the main event spot. And I think that Darby Allen has experience being in this position because he's been against Jungle Boy, who's a bigger like underdog babyface in the main event of uh, Dynamite this year. And he went more of like aggressive, like raking the eyes and being more aggressive, being more physical. So I can see him doing that with Punk. And using and using Punk's moves against him, like he did tonight, yeah. using the Pepsi the Pepsi twist on Daniel Garcia. That's another way where he can kind of he can yeah we we like you, but we love Punk. He can be like you know what for this match, I need you to hate me. Mm -hmm. Okay, it it is going to be interesting to see who is actually like working the heel spots, you know, in this match. And I think it I think it is going to be Darby. I wouldn't be surprised if Darby controls a lot of this match on Sunday and building up the crowd chanting for CM Punk waiting for the comeback. I think it just makes more sense to build the match for Punk to have the comeback at the end and still make Darby look incredibly well. As for how long this match is going to go, it's going to go as long as, you know, Punk can go. Punk hasn't wrestled in seven years, and he has said he hasn't done a whole lot of extensive in-ring training for this. Hell, he was tweeting out today he doesn't even have boots yet. Uh, so, I mean... Darby Allen, I think, is going to have to carry a lot of this match, but I think he can. Look, Darby Allen had a hell of a performance tonight. Daniel Garcia was great. I thought Daniel, uh, after the superplex, he was given the, the great facial expressions and everything. He, he tells a good story in the ring. This was a showcase for Darby Allen tonight. He, he was doing Darby-like things, taking ridiculously stupid-ass bumps that we all love him for taking. The the, the, the coffin, the running coffin drop into the table where his head almost hits the guardrail. I was like, Darby, don't you know you have the biggest match of your <laughs> career in two days? What are That's you trying to do? Shit. That's the thing. It's, it's insane. The guy thinks he's invincible, and maybe he is. But, I mean, you also look at his, his chain wrestling tonight and the work that he does inside the ring. It's almost flawless. It's so damn smooth. And the moves that he hits, and nobody should ever jump out to this should jump out the side of the ring. No one should ever do a dive on the outside. Darby Allen owns that now. The guy is a freaking speeding bullet, is is what he is. He may only weigh 150 pounds, Dutch, but he hits you like he weighs 300 when he dives onto the outside at the speed that he does. Mm -hmm. Well, interesting matchup. What if Sting turns heel and punches punk? You think I that crowd would come in on top of him? I mean, I, yeah, maybe, but that's another guy. Like, I, I think I said this when I was talking about Becky not needing to go heel because she's so great at babyface. If I think about the three 
the three top guys in wrestling history that are just better at baby faces and have proven whenever they went heel, it just didn't work or they never even tried. Sting is one of those guys. Sting is one of those guys where anytime he went heel, it just didn't work. I remember when he went heel against he Hope. When he went heel against Hulk Hogan in 1999 in WCW, that was some of the worst television WCW put together because no one wanted to booze thing. No one wanted to booze, especially not against Hulk Hogan, who was just in the NWO for 4,000 years. Like, no one wanted to booze thing. Even though Hogan came back with the red and yellow, it didn't matter. No one wanted to booze thing. And I don't think that even punching punk in Chicago that people were going to want to boost thing then. Sid, I got a question for you. I, I was in Memphis when Sting, let me tell this quick story. Sting yeah, yeah, and Ultimate Warrior came into Memphis straight out of school in California. They drove all the way from wherever the school is, LA, I think, all the way to Memphis. That's like damn close to 2,000 miles. These guys were the worst of the worst. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know how to lock up, they didn't know anything. And they give them some name like the Freedom Fighters. Is it the and Blade Runners? Well, I give them the name the Blade Runners. I said, guys, this Freedom Fighters shit is not <laughs> is not getting it. They don't these I said these people in Mississippi, Tennessee, they don't give a shit about Freedom Fighters. But let's, you know, there was a movie out, Blade Runner. I said, well, let's call you the Blade Runners. And uh, I managed them for like two weeks. And I mean, hell, they were killing my heat. I'd go out there with them, just being with them was I'd just come back with no heat at all. <laughs> But then they had they lay out. They didn't stay long. I guess they got hungry. They had to have go. Had, they had to eat somewhere, so they took off. And I think Sting went to Mid South, and I think uh, I think Ultimate Warrior went to Texas. But they started to Memphis, and they were just god awful, terrible. They, they weren't even that good. So well, they just come out. They got about they, how you start. How about it's, it's how, how you, you finish. finish. That's right. It is. Uh, DJ Eric with the super chat Dutch. How much to whip me with shoe baby? How much they yeah. offered money? I don't know. I'll, I'll split it with you, Rick. If you take a few good ones. Okay. Thousand dollars. Thousand dollars chat right oh, now. Thousand dollars for charity, which is the charities belongs to us. Right. Yeah. We'll show you the two babies I have to feed. We'll show you the blank check. <laughs> we wrote it so now, uh said a quick question for you because you brought up how sting uh just wasn't a, a a great heel and maybe this is me misremembering and i was just too young and i loved the guy too much i thought the same thing about ddp what did you think about ddp as a heel back in the day ddp was able to be a heel he was effective as a heel uh you know in the original wcw when like 1995 when he was like you know uh he's he was a he was kind of like uh, a poor man's macho man randy savage where macho man got a lot of his heat for how he treated miss elizabeth ddp did that with kimberly in, yeah. in like 1995 1996 wcw but because like he was so put down and put down they did him going broke then getting his money back and then when he was the first guy to kind of say no to the nwo that's what really started his like baby face run and then we saw that he was a much better baby face than even that he was as a heel but he was still a good heel i just remember like because he was like the wcw champion like a three-time wcw champion but he had the belt for like 13 days combined yeah uh, i remember when he, when sting beat him for the belt at the beginning of the night and then he won it back at the end of the yes. night on nitro and one of the weirdest damn finishes i've ever seen where like 
God, who was it that grabbed the ref's hand on the three count to like break up the three count? And then somebody like smacked him or something. And then he just brought his hand back down and like, no, you stopped the count. What are you? That's not how that works. But anyway, uh, I remember. So many all, and I just remember being pissed <laughs> off that they waited to turn him heel to him to finally win the damn championship. And he never got that moment, you know, with he's I will die on this hill. He should have beat Goldberg at Halloween Havoc in 1998. 100% agree with you. 100%. Especially with how they actually ended it, which led to the finger poke of doom and ultimately the death of WCW. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right, Dutch, any closing thoughts uh, tonight? Uh, how much are you looking? Are you going to watch All Out on Sunday? Is it on Sunday? Yeah. yeah. Tonight. Maybe I should start listening. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch some of it maybe. $50 so, on pay-per-view. Is it 50 bucks? It is. I'll, I'll take your word for it, Rick. <laughs> 50 bucks. Any but, uh, hey, tonight. I wish everybody luck in the wrestling business. And I hope AEW does well. I hope everybody does well. And it's who's uh, who invents the best stuff in the next couple of months is going to be the winner. I don't think WWE is going anywhere. I don't think AEW is going anywhere. But uh, and there's not a war between them at all, uh, unless what what the fans make. So what was the ratings of AEW last week as opposed to the week Punk first showed up? Uh, they oh, were back man. down to where they were the, pretty much the first week. Uh, they were like seven hundred twenty-two thousand last week. I think, but the, uh, but the, I think it doubled, the, right? Like Punk's first show, like it, it was like one point four, and then it dropped down down to like seven thousand, right? Yeah. Well, his segment did like one point four. I think overall the the oh. one hour of Rampage did like one point two, one point one one seven, or something like that. Yeah. Well, that's a good. That's, not, a, that's a good audience. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. I think SmackDown did two point two five after they adjusted for the NFL last week, which was way up. Um, you know, Rebecca ratings uh, popping that uh, that crowd last week, moving the needle, shall we say, Sid? Uh, you know, with Becky Lynch coming back and, and popping the popping the ratings a little bit, just uh, throwing this that guy, one this guy, <laughs> this guy. Come so on. What what did you do today, Sid? You've been working all day. Yeah, I did uh, the preview for AEW All Out with Kenny Bolin earlier oh today. My God. <laughs> that, that's a one-hour show, but a full no. day's work. Oh yeah, it's uh, you don't have to talk to Kenny about nothing. Just start talking about changing your tire. That's all you got to do, and he'll he'll start. He'll be entertaining as hell. He he's was. Worth, he's worth listening to. He was for sure. So I I heard he talked more about me than CM Punk. Is that accurate? No, he talked about Punk. He told a few good <laughs> stories about working with Punk in OVW. He even told a story. He did a good impression of Dusty Rhodes. So there was a lot of good stuff from uh, from Kenny Bolin. So check out our all-out preview. We break down the card. We talked about all the matches, all the stories going into the show. And then you get, at the end, Kenny with a couple of great stories. He even had, he even you know talked about his time with uh, Daphne, the late great Daphne as well. So it was a lot of good stuff earlier today so check that out check out inside cradle with myself rick and kevin kellum from this week and check us out subscribe to the youtube channel because this weekend we got the all-out post show rick's gonna be there jose's gonna be there bunch of great content yep and you got your show tomorrow 
Yes, True Hill Heat. Go over there and subscribe over there. Going live at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Myself, Top Guy JJ, going to be joined by Richard Benson, a.k.a. Benno of Post Wrestling, as well as Stephanie Chase of Digital Spy and Wrestling Daily. We're going to talk about AEW All Out. We're going to talk about the NXT rebrand and changes. So, Dutch, if you don't have too much information on that, we're going to break it down tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. I'll be there. Time. I'll so, be there, buddy. Subscribe what time, there. What time do you start? I get up about 6. A 11 a.m. Eastern time. I wake oh, up at that 6 as well. I got one-year-old twins. They I'm wake gonna be, me up. I'm going to be there, buddy. You got to you gotta fill me in on all this it, stuff. Dude, you got one-year-old twins. You're up at 2, 4, and 6. Yeah, I'm probably going to be up for a few <laughs> hours right now when I when I go How into the room. One, year, one years old. About 18 months. 18 well, months. A boy well, and a girl. Well, congratulations. Thank you. And then also on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel, we're going to have a live watch along of All Out on Sunday. And then Monday, we're going to do a roundtable review with myself, Romeo, who's been in the live chat over here, as well as uh, Steven Jensen of Fightful. So a bunch of great stuff on the True Hill Heat YouTube channel right. coming out. If, if I can throw a shout out, by the way, check out that show tomorrow, because if you don't know who Stephanie Chase is, she is by far the best person covering AEW today. And that is, that is not a knock on anybody else who does it. Stephanie is just the best. One hundred. When it comes to AEW coverage, you want to follow Stephanie Chase. Uh, sure. If you want to follow uh, AEW coverage this upcoming week, you all can focus on All Out. I'm focused on the fallout from All Out in the Queen City, baby, in Cincinnati. Make sure to follow me right there. It's there, at Rick Uccino. I got some big stuff coming up this week uh, for the radio station I work for in town, ESPN 1530 in the city of Cincinnati. Uh, AEW is working uh, with a couple of things, maybe. Fingers crossed. A couple of big things coming up this week, so make sure to follow me there. And, of course, make sure to, you know, everything else that I do for the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. I uh, got some stuff uh, working as well as we head into Inch a little bit closer to Extreme Rules. And, yes, subscribe to the sports Keto wrestling youtube channel we just cracked twenty thousand within the last week Twenty thousand subscribers thank you so much now we're on the climb to thirty thousand subscribers we're going to keep that just going and follow sports Keto wrestling wherever the hell you can uh and do not forget all out as soon as it's done myself jose g we're hopping on here uh, to break down everything that just happened and what i think will be the moment to close out the show cm punk standing tall all of a sudden, we get the final countdown. Here comes Daniel Bryan. Excuse me, Bryan Danielson. And we get that big big face-off. A Rock Hogan-esque face-off, shall I say, for that AEW crowd in Chicago. We will be on right after that to break it all down. And Kev Callum will join us from the scene. We appreciate everybody who stayed with us for almost 90 minutes tonight. It wow. is 12.38 in the morning on the East Coast. We appreciate everybody sticking with us this late. Uh, everybody enjoy the weekend. Everybody have a great Labor Day on Monday. You know, be safe wherever you're going. Enjoy the fireworks, what have you. Enjoy the pay-per-view this weekend. Everybody have a wonderful, wonderful holiday weekend. And we'll be back next week, 11.05 Eastern Standard Time, breaking down SmackDown and Rampage. Have a good one, guys. We the people.